Episode 15 of the Barncast. We are joined here. My name is Benjamin Drew. Benton Gallagher. I'm Tyler Smith, and we're joined by Wedgeport's own Simon Leblanc, musician, tour guide, music teacher, basketball expert. <laughs> I saw the uh, expertise uh, earlier. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a swoosh machine. <laughs> yeah. did, did you see what happened when you passed the ball to, to Ben as you were walking away? That's when everybody stopped playing. No, basketball. it came to Ben. It came to Ben, and he just like kind of pushed it away from me. He's like, I don't like, settled it down <laughs> to the ground. I'm like, I don't, I don't play basketball. <laughs> just walked away. We didn't talk about that last week in our fears discussion. <laughs> yeah, I'm not scared of it. I just had no time. To... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of basketball, though, did anyone see the highlights from the Raptors game last night? I watched it. The shot. That's what they're referring to it as in Toronto sports sports history. So here was my situation. I I was in doing some schoolwork, so I had had the dual laptops going. I had... uh, I I, I caved, guys. I caved. I I upgraded my... my, Caved and bought Crave. I caved and bought Crave. So I had Crave, and then I had to upgrade it, pay the extra nine bucks, because I knew you two were getting together to watch the show, and I'm tired of reading that stupid blog rather than watching the show. So I uh, I watched Game of Thrones last night, and uh, and on the TV next to me, I had the game on. So uh, I did get to catch the uh, the final moments. It was exciting. It was a WTF moment. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. What, did it hit the rim like four times? Uh, it's yeah. the ugliest shot you've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was... But it went in. You know, flash back to last year for the Raptors. LeBron beat them twice, I think, with a game winning uh, shot at the end of the game. Like, they got swept by the Cavs right. last year. LeBron hit two game-winning shots to beat them last year. But do you... Like, they were talking about it in the same breath as Joe Carter's walk-off home run. Oh. Ooh. I mean, if they go on to win the finals... Well, yeah, you can't, maybe Joe Carter won the World Series on a walk with that walk off. Yeah, this not, isn't this isn't not quite there yet. This no. isn't the shot to get you to the conference. But this is like, <laughs> sorry, I don't, I don't want to get into it. Yeah, this is what I don't like about Toronto sports franchises on TSN because everything is blown. I find out of proportion for them when they do something good. Okay, let's compare it to let's compare it to the Bautista bat flip. Was that a walk? That was a walk off. Yeah. No. No, it wasn't no, a walk off. But no. but it was still it was a monumental moment. Yeah. That, What's that, wrong? that didn't really win them anything. What's wrong with with uh, with you know the sports networks in Canada like going nuts over Canada? No, it's not over Canada. It's over Toronto. Well, how many other Canadian Which other there's not, NBA I know teams there's not other NBA teams or major league teams. <laughs> then it but is Canada. Anyway. <laughs> you just don't like Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't. It out on I don't like else. Toronto sports franchises because. <laughs> TSN talks about them too much. I, uh, to side note, I stopped um, listening to TSN, watching TSN when Jay and Dan were off the air. If I when they went to California, yeah, that sort of put a bad taste in my mouth. And at the same time, or maybe a few years later, Sportsnet had all the Blue Jays games, and yeah. the Blue Jays started doing good. So I started watching Tim and Sid. I'm a huge Tim and Sid. So do you not watch Jay and Dan now that they're back? No. It's as if like they walked out on my life. And, <laughs> they did. And, yeah, they uh, went made the big box. I'm now on Tim and Sid, and I do my very best to avoid TSN, which I've watched since I was a kid. See, TSN, I can't do 
TS. I do like I, I like Jay and Dan, but even now they make jokes about how much they talk about like the Maple Leafs, for right, example. Yeah. And Sportsnet the, does as well because yeah. well they like own their Blue Jays, yeah. so yeah. every Blue Jays game is out yeah. there. But yeah. Half of Canada is in Toronto, probably. Yeah. So yeah. That's a, and the other half is on board, mm. except for Benton, because he hates it. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I'm sorry. I do. I didn't <laughs> well, want. I didn't do. want to say it. Yeah. But a lot I do. of people do, but but it's easy. It's easy to hate the, the establishments yeah. type of but, type of thing. But back, Jay and Dan did not do well in California. No. They started with like the because Fox hit their like all sports network, and they were supposed to be the late night guys doing the wrap up and stuff like right. that. But where it was in California, the biggest problem was that the time change. So all these Eastern Canadian fans of Jay and Dan that they had hoped would watch, it's not until like one in the morning. They're in bed, right? Everyone was in bed, so they went from like this late night primetime sports block to yeah. they just kept getting like knocked down a peg. And like they even talked about like smaller studios and like like worse times. And then they get like a four o'clock time in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually they got fired. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys, as far as TSN goes, because I think we all to a certain extent grew up with TSN as mm-hmm. being sports desk. It was the only yeah. one sports, sports desk. Yep. Who is your Who is your guy or girl that your go to for sports desk? Like Jim Van Horn for uh, me. I was gonna say Jim Van Horn or Gino Retta. Gino Retta. Because Gino used to not just be the hockey guy. No. Like he used to be one of the. He was, That's right. He was on the desk for a while. Yeah. Well, he was on the desk for a long time. Yeah, and I, I, I like Darren, Darren Drager. I like Darren. Dutition. Dutition. Yeah. Sorry. Darren Dutition is an absolute monster. I don't know if oh, you guys yeah. have ever seen like on TV. It's hard to tell. No, you can tell when he wears suits. Yeah. yeah he, he is. He has to wear like massive suits. Yeah. There's a video online of him at a football combine. I think the CFL combine. I think he may have been covering it. Where he's doing bench press with the guys, and he's like, yeah. he's, he's looking at the camera. Well, you can't do fifty. He's like, uh, yelling, yelling almost at like the Christian kid. Bale in American Psycho. I don't, I don't mean to be like, yep, I'm doing this. Uh, <laughs> looking into your soul through yeah. the camera. If uh, one of my last memories of Jane then on TSN, I'm pretty sure, and you have to look it up. On April first, they said, "Oh, and by the way, this is our last few weeks here." Thanks everyone. We had a good run, and just left it at that, as if it was an April Fool's joke. Oh, I didn't realize that. It totally wasn't. I don't know that for sure, but I'm pretty sure that's what because happened. Because I find I I like them. I still look like them. I listen to their podcast now. Like they're still funny, but I find they've become almost like a joke of themselves. Do right. you know what I mean? Like yeah. they went to the states because they were these crazy popular Canadian sports commentators that everyone liked and thought were funny, and yeah. you know had a different take on the just instead of giving the sports news. But now I find like it's all jokes. Yeah, it's, it, like they're sports desk. I don't follow follow them at all anymore. I'm all Tim and Sid. Do you, and what? Sid. What they've taught me most would be I was always a Spangler Cup fan at Christmas time, and this comes from growing up. Yep. My dad, uh, dad be upstairs doing. Hey, Tyler, Tyler. <laughs> it's like seven in the morning. The Spangler's <laughs> on. I think it's the finals. Canada's playing. So, like, the Spangler Cup, is, it's in Europe, it's in Davos, Switzerland, it's uh-huh. the oldest professional invitational club tournament. Uh-huh. So it's not really nation versus nation, no. but it's professional teams that get but invited. But Canada has a team. But Canada is invited. Hockey Canada is the only, I guess, a select team. So yeah. they, they, they pick European, play, Canadian yeah. players to form a Team Canada. And I always enjoy seeing it, because we used to have, uh, you'd see the odd Aaron Johnson be playing, or uh, there'd there, be Maritimers playing on it, you're like, oh, they're over in Europe, cool, they're playing um, or Brandon Reed from the Mooseheads. It's yeah, a little bit of nostalgia. Yeah. And it would run at the same time as the World Juniors. So really, we'd be watching the World Juniors, but right. while you're waiting for that to come yeah. on, the Spangler would be on. But I never realized until Jane Dan pointed it out oh. 
the theme song that they play while they while they have the screen up. It's like do 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 do. It's called Exceeder. It's like it's kind of like this techno song, yeah. and uh, and if, if you look up Spangler Cup theme, there, there's a whole montage of Jay and Dan dancing on the. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, that's what they're dancing oh, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So and on then, the old uh, Sports Center when they before they left. Yeah, yeah. Back yeah. before, and then like I'm like that's a that's a good jam. Yeah. Cool. That's where I'm at. Do you guys see uh, Drake is flying around in a private cargo airliner now? Nope. Uh, I, I heard about it. I think you told me about it on the weekend. Yeah, so we partnered up with some Canadian cargo airline company, and he's got a luxury, I guess got two bedrooms. It's full of sofas, and yeah. yeah. So, and the, and the argument, the argument is like... He's flying around to save the world. <laughs> <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio's got the same one. No, yeah. uh, but uh, if, if it was the uh, parliament... You know the band, like we got the fuck. They got or, or Earth, Wind, and Fire, or yeah. they got fifteen or twenty-five people in an orchestra in their band. Okay, that's one thing. Uh-huh. But Drake is Drake, and he might have a guy who plays maybe some discs. Uh-huh. But I guess I guess if you got your entourage and if you're able to do that, you bring them with you. But well, he's bringing everybody. Need, yeah. Do you need a cargo? I feel like he would airliner. Like this is no, a, this is a seven six. No, you don't need it. But I feel like he makes use of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel oh, like you could. I easily... mean, I would make use of it if I had it, but it doesn't mean that like I would fly that shit everywhere. Uh, no. I'd take all my friends if I had it. Yeah. In the video, like, you see him walking as they're they're putting the decals on it, and it, I think it's called Air Drake. And he's like, "Yeah, no more waiting for timeshares." Yeah. Well, because no, I'm sure no he's he, I'm time. sure he's waiting for book timeshares. I know. Like, <laughs> it was odd that he was was he speaking to the people? Like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm one of you. <laughs> Well, my thing is, is I, it, I mean, <laughs> I, to me, it screams he doesn't own the plane. He never bought yeah. the plane. They're, this cargo company is just putting his name on the plane. He probably will never even go in the plane. It's just a great publicity stunt. It makes him look like a baller. It makes them look like, oh, we're up and hip because but, all the millennials like cargo planes. <laughs> you know, so I think it's all, I think it's, I mean... All that lifestyle is fake anyway. All the music videos are fake. Like, this is just another example of, oh, yeah, we threw my sticker on a plane and put a bed in it. But he's I, one, he's I, one, I live this life. But he's one of the highest grossing. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he's artists out there right now. Really? Yeah. Like, I don't follow him at all. I, I can't name I, three. I, I, see, I, I see him the odd time. Like, I only said three because I feel like I could name one if I sat here and thought about it, but I, no, I'm not 100% sure I could. Yeah. I like, I'll put on CBC sometimes looking for Road to Avonlea, but then <laughs> Degrassi on. I'm like, oh, I look, Drake's in the wheelchair again. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> didn't realize. Yeah. yeah. That's good. You, you didn't bet. know that? No. That he was on the grassy. That's where no. I got to start. Wheels. That's what they call them. No, they did not call them <laughs> wheels. You can't just take wheels. He got molested in a station wagon. You got to respect. I he was wheels. shot. What? No, wheels. I, I, I haven't seen it. What are we talking about right now, <laughs> guys? This predates Road to Adam Lee. CBC. <laughs> CBC. The like Degrassi High. Degrassi High. Yeah. Wheels was in search of his rock star dad. Remember the double so denim Drake and the glasses and, and like. Yeah, he looked like a buddy of mine when he was in high school. So um, he had like glasses, and he's like, "No, Joey and Snake, I'm going off because I got to find my dad, and he lives a rock star lifestyle." So he like runs away from his grandparents' home, and he's he's going to find his dad who's playing a gig in Niagara Falls or something. So he's he's hitchhiking. He's a high school kid, and he's on this rural road. What kind of a rural road would you be on trying to get to Niagara Falls? And this creepy vacuum salesman picks him up in a station wagon, and then pulls off on the side of the road and goes. Hey, 
And he just starts talking in a soft voice, and yeah, sure enough, he's got to fight him off. Jesus, I've never That's watched awful. Degrassi. This so did Degrassi take place in Toronto, though? Like, isn't that where it's like... Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so if he's going to Niagara, what kind of rural roads is he getting on? Because well, that's what like, I'm saying. How did you wind up on a rural road? Or, or, did you, or maybe... Now, it's been a while since I've seen this episode, so... <laughs> it might be like the 103, where they just made it after, but you could take the old, old road from, like, through Barrington and Shetland, so <laughs> <laughs> to get to Halifax. Ten, yeah. ten years, it was... It was Liverpool was annoying and everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was yeah. the 60s, though. Wait, uh, 60s, I, I don't think I've ever taken... The, like we've taken the valley way home, the old way through the valley, like as much as we could, like go through Bear River, and all like all that way around there from like Annapolis and stuff. Uh-huh. But I don't think I've ever done it on the South Shore. Oh really? Like it's like other than going through like I mean I mean I remember when you used to have to go cut through Barrington to get on yeah. the highway again. Yeah, it's nice. You know, like Barrington, Barrington basically cut off the map. That was a booming town, and look at it now. Mm. It's the exact same. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it really survived well. That's right. <laughs> without without a roundabout, because we were, we were talking about how uh, how important roundabouts are for towns and how flow of traffic, how well it works. Where were we talking about Never. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, there is a roundabout in Anaganish. Yeah, there's, there's like there's four. What? Yeah, there's four. They showed up just as I left. It started in Glasgow, I think. Roundabouts didn't start in New Glasgow. Well, no, 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 like, the, <laughs> that's, the eastern part of the province is started, I think, it, like, they pot one in New Glasgow, and then... worse than Windsor claiming to be the birthplace of hockey. <laughs> There's a big Windsor. New, New, New Glasgow, the birthplace of roundabouts. Yeah. Is it not the birthplace of hockey? <laughs> I have no idea. It just uh, seems like other other people try to claim it, and how do you prove that? Well, if we're going to go, if we're going to go by... Hockey tournament names. Dartmouth has the City of Lakes tournament, so and, and it's I guess it's kind of known as the City of Lakes. So uh-huh. Windsor has the Windsor has the uh, birthplace of hockey tournament. That reminds me of like Barrington Municipality, or yeah, claiming to be the lobster Lost fishing capital of the world. But how do you how do you prove that? Yeah, Stats Canada. Yeah, yeah Stats Canada. <laughs> I, I don't. I think Barrington made that statement. I think Stats Canada is like, by the way, Barrington. But there's been other places. There's been other places <laughs> that have. Keep, I just remember there, it was in the news that other places have tried to claim that like, Northern New Brunswick somewhere. Was, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. those people in Trackany always trying to claim our yeah. <laughs> French people. <laughs> if you listen to from Trackany, we don't want you to listen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but you can listen up till now. <laughs> yeah. We don't have any Trackany listeners. I know. I assume. Nope. Um, I had a uh, I had a text message come on my phone that reminded me of some some unique times in my life. I, I said, uh, "I'm if I get a message that's a wrong message or a wrong call, I'm maybe this should be our way in some way." Because what do you do when you receive a wrong number? I've I've okay. I have a couple stories. Okay. Someone asked me once if it was if it was okay, and I wasn't teaching at this time. It was like last year. If it was okay if their kid brought a stuffed animal for um, for chowtow? No, like a comfort I item. Recompense. I don't even know what. Okay, it is. yeah, yeah, like a like a reward. Yes, they behave. And I knew that they had the wrong person, but I just answered yes. So the, the, the person asking the question thought they were all set, and they brought the stuffed animal, and I knew it wasn't going to be a big deal, so uh, sure enough. So my favorite thing to do is uh, when someone texts you by accident, you just keep going with you it go as with long it. as you can. Someone else the, the other day said, uh, is, is eight bucks 
pretty good price on Purex. And <laughs> Somebody asked you this. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, yes. That's generally a weird text to send to anybody. <laughs> yeah. I said, yeah, it is. And they said, great, uh, Canadian Tire. And uh, I think I might buy a couple. I said, yeah, that's awesome. Grab me a few. Yeah. Yeah. He, and then he said, wait, you're not my wife. And I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> but I feel like if you're asking somebody about a good price on Purex, then you should have that person's number in your phone. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Different category. Yeah. I guess, I guess. So you're talking like straight up strange numbers that you never talked to the person. Yeah, before. I got a call one time from a doctor's office and they were confirming an appointment. Um, hey, just, always confirm the appointment. Yeah, always. Yeah, uh, I was tempted to change the appointment. <laughs> I was very tempted, but then I'm like, what? Is, what if this is like to get your results for right. like your, some serious tests? Yeah. It, it, I'm pretty sure I changed that appointment. But, yeah. um, but I had uh, like I, I I was I was if you call me and you like it, it's on you. You know what I mean? Like I'm not pranking you if you're. You're opening the gates of hell. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you just messaged the wrong person. Yeah, like the only time, the only time I've ever made like an outgoing, I guess an outgoing prank call would be we, we stumble on. This was at school at lunchtime one time with the kids. The kids showed me prankdial.com, so you can choose on you can go on this and you can choose recordings, and it's one of these types of things where it plays a recording where it leaves an opening for the person. Hello. Yeah. Blank. Yeah. Yeah. So. I chose uh, I chose one where it's like a like a thug guy and he's like yeah you hit my car, so I I sent it to uh, my dad, <laughs> and dad is uh, dad like that's very type A very straight and narrow, and uh, and this guy he's and and I and you could plug in a return phone call number, and uh, so I'm like oh this is great and you send it off and you forget about it. So you don't, I don't get to hear a result or, or actually, no, I did. I did. I, I had an MP3. So dad didn't really appreciate it. Uh. No, he, but he played along great, right to the very end. So the guy's like, you hit my car? My dad's like, probably. <laughs> and, uh, and it went, I was like, what's your insurance? And dad's like, uh, it's none of your business. And like, and it went on and on. And, my, and, my, and if I can find the MP3, we'll, we'll listen to it sometime. Dad, you could, you could see his, t- like feel his temperature rising. And uh, and then the phone call ends like, and he and Dad had hearing issues at the time. I think it was before the hearing aids came in. Uh-huh. Um, so at the end, it was like, ha ha ha! You've been prank dialed by prankdial.com. And I, I don't think he listened to that part. And I never ever called him to say, hey, Dad, we got you good. Um, and it was probably three or four weeks, maybe a month later. I'm talking to my mom. I'm like, Mom, I forgot to tell you, we got Dad really good with this prankdial.com. She goes, What's that? So I explained it, and she goes, that was you? <laughs> so apparently Dad came home from work, and then Dad had this stressful job at the time, and he retired shortly thereafter. And he was wound like tight as a baseball, and, and I guess Dad called that number back that I plugged in, because I'm like, oh, I'll put a Halifax extension on here. Tore a strip off this random guy. Person in the next office comes in, Clint, are you okay? What's going on here? Dad went home for a week. He carried that around, stressed up, like, I don't know, this guy going to come after me for hitting his car. I didn't hit his car. Dad's livid. What did you Keep going. I never ever told him. I, uh, I can't. No, no. What did your dad do for a job? Dad sold construction equipment. Okay. And at the time, they're, uh, they were kind of micromanaging their company. And they brought this young new manager down from... From Toronto to run the uh, to run his 
to run the store and uh and he's like uh don't sell don't make a sale unless you email me and dad's like no that's not how i work i'm gonna, I'm gonna do this but uh yeah this this new hip technology-based clown was running the show and mm-hmm. ran, ran dad nuts mm-hmm. so dad was uh that's it not on top of his game nah. so i just want to interject because we discussed a, re- a fun game we could play in this podcast because Simon is a very talented musician. He's and currently sitting here with a guitar. He's sitting here with a guitar. And the game is we just, at some random point throughout the podcast, we name a song and he has to play. <laughs> and if he can't, uh, I slap Benton. <laughs> On the belly. So it's called, it's called Pink Belly Benton. <laughs> Where I purposely don't play songs. <laughs> That I've known since I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna go first because I interrupted. Alright, on one, two, three, Scar Tissue by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Of the week of, of the weekly podcast, not, not literally every night. Cause <laughs> every night, <laughs> professionals and adults. Good goodness, uh, instead of we the are, week. <laughs> <laughs> shoot, I meant every one night of the week. Every uh, time we record, every week, yeah, yeah. <laughs> every week. There, my man. <laughs> uh, we are sponsored by Heritage, and we are sipping on this week a little mythical IPA. Now, this is the brew that they made for their competition at Stillwell up in Halifax uh, last weekend, which performed very well. And it's very good. Uh, it's there right now. I don't know if it's going to come back. Hopefully it does. But if not, you better get down there and get yourself some. Um, but this is brewed in collaboration with Mark Palmer. It's an American IPA. Hopped uh, with El Dorado. Brings a bitter punch with plenty of tropical fruit aroma. This hot forward beer is balanced with a complex malt profile. And I tell you, it makes the music even better. Yeah. It's awesome. Are you saying it's not good if you don't drink? Uh, even no, better. Even better, you dummy. Be careful you about dummy. Those words. Oh, I, I choose my words. Do you? Yeah. Not yeah. carefully. You choose them. To some degree. So listen, I got I got questions for Simo. Simo, you got uh, you got a lot on the go. Yeah. You're, you're a pretty interesting guy. You've got you get your Tuscan Island tours. You do your up and coming. You're playing every Saturday. Uh-huh. Monice and I are as regular as we can be yeah. as far as going for the Saturday yeah. afternoon show. Without being texted about the set list and, <laughs> and to get dressed and to come down here. <laughs> I know. I don't... I don't uh, we do our you best. just yeah. go on your own. It's, yeah. ni- it's nice that uh, yeah, you're much more uh, accommodating than some of my other friends. <laughs> get down here. Hey, they're playing Jack and Diane. <laughs> and and you didn't go running for that song? I, uh, no, Did you I not was... think by the time you got there the song would be over, though? <laughs> Soundtrack of our lives. Ben's so, uh, is happy. So uh, we've got we've got listeners who are who are out of town. We've got some listeners who are in town, and uh, I'm sure there's lots of them who've never been on the boat. 
Mm-hmm. Um, ben and I got to experience it last I year. Been on the boat. Hoping Benton gets to try it this summer. Yeah. Can you tell us tell us what Tosca Island tours are? Sure. We my dad used to bring people out when I was a kid in the nineties. The people would call it the Wedgeport Tuna Fishing Museum that they want to go visit the islands. So if you haven't been to the islands before, they're cool because people used to live there full time and now they don't anymore. So what remains is just summer homes or, or vacation homes that people used to use for fishing that they don't. So it's fun to get out there and to see people either living there for part of the summer or just to go hang out. And, and for that reason, it's starting to be pretty popular, more and more popular each year. So we bring people out there. The my we've modified the way my dad used to do it, and uh, kind of like your dad, very straightforward. Where we're a little crazy, but it still makes it really fun. And uh, we do that from the month of May to October, pretty much. It's a great, it's a great product. So how long have you guys been doing it? Officially since two thousand fourteen, but. Unofficially, we brought people out on the islands. For, right, there hasn't been one year that we haven't made a couple trips of people that want to get out there and don't know who else to call. Our family has lived there a lot. Like my uncles are older than my dad, but they lived there with my grandparents when they were kids before they went to school full time. So for for my family, being set up on the islands was always like a priority whereas other people find it expensive to have your own private wharf and stuff we never thought saw saw it that way so my family has always had uh top-notch wharves and equipment to to fish from the tuscan islands and therefore to bring people in the summertime so anyone anytime someone wants to get out there they would call my family and we've always brought people in 2014 same year that the nova star started we hadn't had a ferry in Yarmouth for like four years, and we decided to start it up again and to go official. Since then, since the 90s, my brother is now a lobster fisherman with his own boat and put a lot of work into setting it up. So, five so, years, officially. How often do you, like, do you guys go? Like, it, I guess when summer picks up, like July, August, sure. summer is busy. Yeah, every... Every week is different. There's no pattern. The The month of May is slower, and we have a couple different boats. So our lobster fishing boat is not available in the month of May because it's still fishing lobster. So I went twice last week with a smaller center console boat that holds eight people. And if groups of eight or less want to go out there, especially if it's during a slower month like May or October then we say, no problem, just we use a different boat for smaller groups, and chances are you'll be the only group that day. Mm-hmm. So as long as you don't mind that boat, then we're good. If you demand to go on the lobster boat, which some people don't like the idea of a smaller boat, then they'll say, well, do you have another small group going sometimes that you can put two groups together to make it worthwhile using the bigger boat? So that happens fairly smoothly most summers. In July and August, we go almost every day. I gotta awesome. say, I've been four times, I think. Really? Yeah, so, well, my folks, I think we've taken family members twice. Okay. And then we took... A school trip. Todd and I took some students, yeah. and he did an awesome school tour. Yeah. And then uh, and then Tyler organized a little uh, little booze cruise, or like a nice... Uh, Evening, oh, right. under the yeah. under the stars. It was, yeah, it was. We, we we organized a group and went yes. through 
It was and, a, and I brought other people along with and, too. Yeah, like you yeah. said, and, and it worked out perfect. What was cool for me yeah. on that. I like on that, that night, idea. We should do that again. Yeah. So the next topic of Simo, we'll talk about his music. But he was playing music at uh, at Tusca Breweries that night and mentioned that he was go he was taking uh, taking a tour. And uh, so some of the boys that, that I play hockey with, yes. and there, was, there was a good crew of guys, that, and they, they jived well with our group. Yeah. But the couple from BC. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. You're right. There, there was this guy with a, with a well-groomed mustache. Yes. And a a moustache, yeah. even. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. That's not a mustache. So I was, yeah. <laughs> I, I had done one tour that morning, so you get back at 3 p.m. The gig was at 3 p.m., so you show up a little late. And uh, playing music at the brewery in Tuscate. And got to talking that, oh, and by the way, if anyone's interested, I'm going on another tour at 5.30. So, like, just enough time to do the gig and to get out. So, I was sort of talking to the guys that I knew. Meanwhile, there's two people there from, from BC that were kind of like, so, what, what kind of tour are we talking here? Like, and we got to talking with them. And, yeah, they, they totally came with complete strangers and had as if they were best friends. I, I had a heart-to-heart <laughs> on the island, and then we were best buddies on the boat on the yeah, way back. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was, an, it was a guy from BC uh-huh. in the Navy, moved and to Halifax. I think she used to work in tourism. So when I said something about TripAdvisor, she said, "Oh, Dory, I know how important TripAdvisor is," and she left us a review. I remember reading it. I can probably find it because I can find the date that we did the tour. So yeah. the TripAdvisor review would be a little later than or after that date. Yeah, that was uh, that was a highlight. Yeah. Really fun. And those stories are cool. The brewery enjoys that side of it as well, that they can, you know, have... Uh, those two people came back the next day. His The guy's name was Josh, wasn't it? I'm yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. They came back the next day. I think I might have left in such a hurry that I left my stuff set up Saturday, and I went back on the Sunday to go get it, and they were there again and still talking about how much fun they had the night before. Yeah. 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 That was really good. So I got, <coughs> I got a song. That yeah, yeah. Try. <coughs> Almond Brothers Whipping Post. Never heard of it. Oh. Does that mean I get to slap Ben's belly? <laughs> no, I'm going to slap him. Okay, wait, 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 wait. wait. The, the second version is just put it on and let me hear it for a second. Okay, yes. You have to do that. All right. That. Almond Brothers Whipping Post. Yep. Uh, ah. I keep talking while I do this because we don't want to. So you also have... Uh, so let's switch to the music. So you play you play a Tuscan... Every Saturday. Saturday afternoon, yeah. So it's four to six. Yeah, yeah. And the and the following's been pretty good there. Eh? So far, so good. Very good. Now, does that go throughout the winter as well? Yep. So year round. Year round. Yeah. That's an awesome gig. I I fish lobster for part of December, so I take like four weeks off mm-hmm. to go fishing. Someone else replaces me, and then uh, I'm there most of the year. You got it. I'm ready. Um, so first, before we begin, because you kind of started to talk a bit about your process. All right. When it comes to a song, yes. if you don't know a song. Yeah. Well, put the first 10 seconds on, and right. then I'll stop you without touching the guitar. All right. This is a lie. This is the first one. This is the Fillmore East. Stop it. Mm. Okay, so 
that one, the, the chord doesn't change. The, the notes change, but it just does the same thing over again. So like... Sing it. I'm just kidding. It is a good song. All right, yeah. Song. I mean, because like with the clapping, that's a, a decent 10, 15 seconds. He picked it up. Yeah. yeah. You saved his belly once more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I suggested the song. My belly should not get slapped. Well, you should have chosen an easier song. You didn't shut the game down. <laughs> I was going to have someone team. else. I was going to go with uh, the Allen Brothers Rambling Band. Oh, yeah. Okay, but yeah. I thought that one's a. Uh, you know too, that one? Too mainstream, maybe. Yeah. Well, you would know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so look. like, uh, Lord, I was born a rambling man. Yes, that was too easy. <laughs> I make a living doing the best I can. Yeah. When it's time for leaving, I hope you understand. I was born a rambling man. Next Saturday at the Tuscan Brewery. Yeah. Excellent. So, uh. One last wrap up, uh, t- up and coming. Sure, up and coming is cool. Like this week, Sarmu is going on at Drumlin Heights. Yeah, and a lot of these kids I know were products of up and coming. Yeah, tell me what that is. What is yeah, I was gonna say, what is up and coming? Okay, so it's a music show that I started in 2009. That I just take a bunch of kids and practice some music with them and put it in a show, usually in the springtime. Mid April, something like that. So it gives these. So what ages are you, are you working with? It used to be like younger kids, like grade six to grade eight only. And then what I realized is a lot of kids that don't go to Peb or Drumlin don't have anywhere to play music if they're if they go to Yarmouth because the rules for Peb and Drum, uh, for Sarmu is Peb and Drumlin only. So right, cool. I had people from Yarmouth and Clare and Barrington that didn't want to just stop in grade 8 and and are still with me like one guy graduated this year he's been in it since he's in grade 7 wow 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 cause that 7, was 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 6 that, years that was what I was thinking today watching like, cause we got like a sneak peek of yeah. Sarah Mew today and I, yeah. I was thinking to myself cause we grew up in town not yeah. that I'm musically inclined right. but like what do all the kids do yeah maybe you are. are have you ever tried yeah. no Try right so, now. I, I, I have a good no. I, I'm over there. I, uh, last <laughs> summer, a uh, buddy of mine who does play guitar, yeah. like up in Riverport Way, uh, we were at his house one night and he just gave me a guitar. Like yeah. he has like seven or eight guitars. He's like, here, take it. Right. And uh, it's sat in my house. I haven't touched it. Yeah. Because I'm most like a lot of people. A, a lot of people find out that huh, it's actually easy and I can play. And you're you're mainly born with it while other people they try their best their whole lives and just simply can't play so you don't know until you try we'll get yeah. to that later yeah we'll yeah. get to that later yeah. so what I, what I find cool about what you're doing with, with the kids teaching music is that like I didn't have music growing up right. I love music I, uh, I, I in Antigonish it's, it's part of the culture I grew up in Goar but my family's out of Antigonish right. the Rankin family and uh, yeah. the fiddles and yeah. Nelvick Masters to play with my family Anyhow, um, I wanted that to be present in my house. So when Manisa was pregnant with Emmett, right. I, I think I told her on the show earlier yeah. that uh, I wanted a guitar. So I ended up getting a guitar, and God love Manisa and the patience. <laughs> she had to go through pregnancy um, with Tyler learning to play the guitar. Uh-huh. Like, G, D, uh-huh. minor, C. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay, Tyler, so you can play Wagon Wheel. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah. So, like, um, but I want to learn, like, I've always, like, 
guitar hasn't interested me as much as like the fiddle, yeah, or like the mandolin yeah. or something. But like I, I don't even know where to go. Right. I know there's YouTube videos, but for me, I'd learn a lot better for sure. <clears throat> sitting across with, with somebody CD. showing me what to do. Yeah, yeah, right. I I agree. YouTube helps, but if, if you have someone that can show you live, then that's yeah. much easier. Um, the there's also like different degrees of how well you play music. Some people don't need to be shown anything, just given the instrument and they'll be fine. They'll figure it out. Whereas other people can play a little bit, but a little bit of help would be good too. I guess I've, I, I should, I've never even tried. Like, right. That's the thing. The guitar is right. sitting at home. I could go home tonight. I remember <coughs> my, uh, my mom's guitar being in our attic on, on a stand and my first memory of the sound a guitar can make was just doing this. Just, I, just oh, I can do that. Touching <laughs> the chords and this... This this is actually a, a, an extremely complicated chord. Chords are just a bunch of notes put together, and if you want to put a bunch of them together, you can call it whatever you want. So, but I remember touching it and wishing how, thinking how bad I wish I could play something. And yeah. then when I was fourteen, maybe I asked her to show me stuff, and then picked it up right away. Yeah. Yeah. Only so you have my hidden talent. Yeah. So- you don't know until you try. I don't believe it, but... <laughs> I don't either, but I, <laughs> I hope so. That'd be awesome. I'd be show up next week, and you're just Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It might take more than a week. But you never know. You never know. Can you strum a tune by Pearl Jam? Yes. Better Man. Uh... Yeah. Waiting, watching the clock, it's... Four o'clock, it's got to stop. Tears in, opens up her feet as she opens the door. He rolls over, says, Sleep as she looks in over. She lies and says she's in love with him. Can't find a better man. It's real. <laughs> this is, this could just be an hour long. So. Oh, I tell you, Ben's belly is just <laughs> laughing. <laughs> we can't win. And, that, and that's and when, when you're when you're at Tuscan on Saturday. I was like, okay, what can we throw at Seamoth? Uh, throw him off. No, I got that one. <laughs> that, so, do you, uh, like when you're at Tuscan, people like request? Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna start showing up with these very obscure songs. Yeah, with yeah. Fucking slap and people do that. <laughs> we'll just do it at the breweries. <laughs> <laughs> people do that all the time. They they just yell ridiculous stuff. So yeah, it's, to be funny, but it's not. You have, <laughs> <No>. to, do, <laughs> you have to do it the right way for it to be. Yeah, funny. you gotta yeah. you gotta understand social cues. Right, and yeah, yeah. most people don't. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the other thing is, too, like, you're at a brewery, you want to hear stuff that you like, right. so why not suggest a song that you'd yeah. like to hear? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't... And think of someone else, because maybe you're not the only yeah. one who wants to hear that Do song. Do some yeah. uh, Himalayan throat singing. <laughs> <laughs> throat singing is very impressive, though. It's so cool. They do it, they do it up I'm not. I'm not dissing throat no, singing. No, I know. It's, it's, it's just... Maybe I mean, isolate their vocal cord. Maybe it's not a The first time I heard it, I was okay. when I was teaching up north, I heard throat singing, and it was like two girls with the... They had like the microphone between them, and they were just going at like it was intense. Like, yeah, we were, like a whole beat and everything. Uh-huh. It's pretty cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel like it would hurt though. 
Yeah. After a while. It would dry my throat out. For sure. Yeah. Water. To, yeah. Beer. Uh, drink some Vaseline. Heat it up. Yeah. Suck that back. Yeah. All right. Uh, I was wondering if you'd do me a favor. Could you just bust me out something funky right quick? Like. Science come now. <laughs> yeah. Science come now. Perfect. That just brought us to Science Corner. We, we got, got a jingle. Buy we got a jingle every now. week. I think we just take that and like, cut it in the episode. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's gonna be live. We're doing it live. Um, I'll be here. I love you. Our shoot man, you need to show up, man. Um, so uh, this week, I I think we'll keep it brief because we have such a wonderful guest, and I'd like to get back to other things. But I just want. To bring it back to something that's been really pissing me off, uh, how the first time I tried to do this, there was so much pushback. Is Jason Murphy, Tyler Smith, and Benton Gallery just coming at me over ants and ants? Was that the Jason Murphy episode? That was the Jason Murphy episode. Yeah, and and is episode four. I think we were justified. Justified? Justified? (laughs) (laughs) Are you kidding me? All right, ants are like the most industrious organism. No, maybe bees. not the most. You know what? I got some bee <laughs> stories too. I was actually I got ants and bees tonight. Um, but I just wanted to break off a couple of cool things about ants. Uh, ants with stilts. No, we already did ants with stilts, dude. Catch up. It can get cooler than that. Yeah. All right. I'm going to talk to you about grass cutting ants. All right. Grass. Grass. Yeah. <laughs> you do. They're they're pretty impressive. Dandelion cutting ants. <laughs> so first off, grass cutting ants can organize themselves into uh, colonies of like ten million. Okay, enough. like an insane. They can go seven meters deep into the ground. So they're very effective. The, the, their ability, how effective they are, is 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 uh, exemplified by how many they have. And so in grass cutter ant society, there's a division of labor. You have your choppers, big mandible muscles, big jaws, and they just chop grass. That's what they do. They have certain ants that have evolved. Yeah, so like within the same species, you look at four different ants and they're all different, but they're all the same species. And they all have a different task based on how their, their uh, anatomy, right? And so you have the choppers with the big jaws, the big mandibles. A lot of people see those ants and they see them as like intimidating looking. Uh, but they need those power because they go up, they climb up the stock, and they just chew through a piece of grass, right? And the grass falls, but then you have your porters. And the porters pick them up, carry them back. And they have these lanes that they cut through the ground that are like straight like Roman roads. Um, and they all lead right back because I already talked about the navigation of ants. It's pretty superb. They go right back to the colony. They get in the colony, they drop them off, and then you have another set of ants. They don't eat the grass. And that's, uh, and that's the coolest part of this whole thing is that they don't actually eat the grass. What they do is they put some antibacterial saliva uh, on the grass, which kills everything except for one type of fungus. So their job is to spit on the grass. Yeah, they spit on the grass. Grass spitters. But they have this, this special saliva that kills everything but one type of fungus, which is the coolest part. Because this fungus isn't found anywhere else on Earth. Um, it's only found in these nests? Yeah, in these ant nests. Because the, gra- the, the ants don't eat the grass. They grow fungus on the grass, and they eat the fungus. So these ants are farmers. All right, So they go out, and they, they spread out all over it. They cut grass, bring it back to their huge colony. And then they, um, 
And then they grow fungus on the grass. <coughs> Excuse me. And then they eat the fungus. But the thing is, and then, so that's, that's a really cool thing. Like, you don't think about something as, as insignificant as an ant being a farmer. But they are. Um, but the other cool thing is that decomposers, when they're decomposing, create carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide will kill you. So if you're seven meters underground producing carbon dioxide, how do you not suffocate how everything? Do you filter, yeah. So they build vents. And they're like, I mean, a couple inches tall. And, and they build a bunch of vents at the surface of the earth. And they are positioned so that cool air sucks in. Um, so they face the, the, the normal breeze and it sucks in. And it flushes out the CO2 from this fungus growing and flushes out the other side. So they've created a ventilation system. So not only are they farmers, but they made their own ventilation system. So they're smarter than the ants with stilts. Well, but they also have those ants with stilts quality. I'm telling you, ants are the thing. All right? That's what I'm saying. That's why I hate these haters. I'm going to pull a Benton. I hate people who hate ants. So would you say ant society would be like a utopian society? You think, you think, the, uh, think the porters are happy being porters? I think instinctually, yeah. That's the, like because that's what they do, and like I'm good at what I do. I'm doing what I do. I keep doing what I do. You think you'd excel if you had like one purpose in life? Well, so we're 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 far more complex. So it's not that simple. I I, I don't think if I, I I would not do well in a sweatshop. You know what I mean? <laughs> a I'm big and I'm warm and I sweat a lot and, and <laughs> I have a hard time. I don't like the heat. So yeah, like you look at those videos though in China. Mm-hmm. Are those big factories where all you do is like sew one button on, sew one button on, sew one button on, yeah. like an assembly I, line? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what time? What time of year are ants likely to show up in your home? I say we're getting about that time, June. Because I've had some in my house the last <laughs> couple of weeks that I've never had any before, and someone else told me the same thing. Well, are, yeah. they, are they? Well, are they big ones? They're small. Small? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I would only worry about the big ones, the carpenter ants. Because mm-hmm. around here we don't really have termites, but carpenter ants eat through your wood like nothing. Mm-hmm. Like if you see those big, they got like black ends in the red middle, you know what yeah. I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Carpenter ants are bad. They chew through your wood like nothing. Um, but they're, 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 they're like, our, like at my house, I was in Overton, uh, there was one summer like we had house flies. Like bad, like I had, like bought you know those strips that you can get that you hang yeah. and stuff in like barns and whatever. We bought those a few times and they would just be full. Mm-hmm. Just this one summer, for some reason, it was like, like we've never had that problem before or since then. It was just one and summer. That's, that happens like cycles. Like some, so you'll have explosions of a population. I don't know with like ant problem, like specifically when they show up around here. Right. So you're not exterminated. No, it should be. Yeah. I should. I'm. I'm. Maybe that's that's what you're, you're more of an ant whisperer. Oh uh, yeah. But if you, he's yeah. more of an ant spokesman. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm very proud. He's, 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 he's a I, big ant guy. Can I tell you about one more ant story? And this will probably wrap up my ant segments for the rest of the entire podcast. I'd be fine with that. Uh, <laughs> I will jump this table and I will come at you with the fury of a thousand sucks. Um, a thousand we're, ants. We're gonna we're gonna talk about fish for the next five weeks. So. Oh yeah yeah. Just. just Cause you a bitch. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm just. It's a real fear. Other people have it too. Uh, you don't like ants? No. Fish. fish. Yeah. What are you gonna give ants? Nothing. Yeah. It's just. I mean, they're ants. All right. All right. Here's the other species There's of no ants. Love in your heart. They're called enslaver ants. Oh boy. Ooh, I like this. And um, and this this gets dark. Cause 
The the thing that I find interesting in ants is that they show these specific parts of human behavior, and it doesn't really make sense because they're they're ants. And um, in slavery ants, there's kind of two types. There's one that will go in and they go into another rival colony and they'll steal the babies. Oh, nice. They oh, take the babies, they bring them back to their colony. Like the White Walkers. Yeah. And then they raise them as slaves in their own colony. And the slave ants do everything. They get the food, they take care of the kids, they do everything. But they probably get benefits. And, and scientists have proven this. They went in and they took out all the slave ants and the, the colony collapsed and died. The ants actually couldn't do anything for themselves. Because their whole existence is built on slavery. Oh, wow. Right? Like Rome. Yeah. And then, and then the other type, and this is a little more like selfish, we'll say, is like one ant will go in and kill the queen and start secreting its own pheromones to say, I'm the queen now, and get a whole colony to serve it. And just take over. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's the I other I like Rome. Yeah. 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 Everything's like Rome these days. Always. But yeah. That's, that's ants. And I think we can, we can wrap up Science Corner like that. We don't usually do a closing, but... <laughs> Science Corner. Wow. I just we never have a guitar here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's kind of nice. Great. Yeah. And it's in tune, yeah. <laughs> and he can play. <laughs> <laughs> what a coincidence! <laughs> We're gonna get you on the Welcome to the Barn cast. Yeah. So we wanted to give a shout out to one of our former guests, uh, Steve Barry. Uh, for all our listeners who live in the town of Yarmouth, uh, this is the week that you can go out and vote for Steve Barry because if you remember, he announced that he was running for town council on this podcast. Monumentous. Yeah, yeah, it was. And uh, so now's the time. I don't know the whole process because none of well, I don't live in town. But I know that you did get mailed something, but you have up until Saturday. So this is coming up Thursday night. So if you haven't voted yet, now's the time. Yeah. Get out there and vote only for Steve Barry, though. you got to remember, man, this uh, man and woman, nice man, um, this is a young dude, right? This is a person that gives a voice to people in Yarmouth haven't had a voice, right? Yep. He's, he's, he's the change Yarmouth needs. He is. Uh, so you, if you complain about how things are in your life, in, on a municipal level, you got to get out there and vote, uh, especially if you're a young person. Because, because people, I find especially young people like us, sometimes complain about our town being like a retirement kind of thing, right? And if you don't vote for Steve Barry, basically other people who are running are retired people. There's nothing against them, but... Why not have a little bit of a change in there? It doesn't take long talking to Steve to figure out that his opinions make sense. Mm-hmm. He's got a vision. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he fights for his... Like, yeah. He, ba- yeah. He backs it up. Yeah. He, nice. he, he makes sense when he's talking to you. So it's it's worth having him in a position of authority. Yeah, yeah it would be. He's a good dude. Everything he... Like, look at what he's done with Jake Strong. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like it's... That's making change in this town. It right? is. That's good. Paying for kids to play sports. Sports, man. Kids need to play sports. Mm-hmm. That being said, apparitions, Matthew Goodband. I 
that was way too. It felt so scripted. It did. 100% we have not practiced any of this. Oh, if you can God. see my face, I'm like, no, he didn't. <laughs> that was good. That was good. So <laughs> it was summertime, stroll around the corner. Um, and uh, and we, we were talking at school. I'm talking to my students about uh, what, what do they got for summer jobs. And it got me on the topic of some of my previous summer jobs. I, uh, I worked at, uh, I, I pushed carts at Sobeys. I was a cashier until I started going to work after a serious concussion. And I, I passed out on my, uh, I had a head go on my conveyor belt there. That trauma's hilarious. Honest to God. And like, this, was, this was like 2000. So like uh, this was before we really started looking into concussions. Like and we were kind of in the early days, but uh, yeah, I was playing in uh, I was playing the Dow Hockey League in the summertime, and uh, I was playing with a group older than me, and I got I got my bell rung pretty good, and uh, go to school or and I'm, yeah I went to school and then I uh, and then I end up uh, working my shift at Sobeys on Saturday. So I guess it would have been summertime because I remember as much as I remember tall ships being on the bags. Tall yeah. ships coming to Halifax, yeah. and then uh, so there I am. I'm, I'm 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 ringing through this, and I'm, I'm, I remember starting to sweat, and I'm like, oh, things aren't going good for Tyler right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I got this guy, and there was three women kind of talking, and they were so excited. And I'm going through my routine conversation. Hey, nice day. You've been to the tall ships yet? <laughs> and uh, and then and I, I forget. I, I remember. Though, right? I remember seeing the lasers in my eyes <laughs> on my on my scanner from the I'm inside. Like, <laughs> it was really close to my face, and then uh, and then the next thing, the next thing, I'm in the canteen area. So there's a deli deli canteen area, and I'm uh, I'm kind of tilted back, and they're tr- and they're pouring a orange orange big eight. Oh, I was gonna say big eight. Yep, <laughs> they were not gonna waste crush on you. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it was Big A. Go! Put that back, put that back. Uh, no, not C, plus, Big A. <laughs> Get the red one, the cream soda. <laughs> That'll wake him up. Not C, plus. <laughs> it's not sugar free. So, yeah. So yeah, they, and then uh, they're like, "Did you have, did you want a sandwich too?" I'm like, no, it's probably got mayonnaise. And he, uh, yeah, so that was uh, that's one of one of the uh, memories I had. So it was like like weird times. Another one, I had a pool shop. I worked in a pool shop. And you, I, I own the pool shop. Yeah, <laughs> pool boy Tyler. Here's here's the most stereotypical pool shop. Pool salesman or pool boy, I guess. You just say pool boy. Yeah. I, uh, well, okay. I applied to. I applied. I thought I went in there, and this is the kind of thing. Dad was kind of in that industry, construction. It was it was a, a contracting company that was also a pool shop. And I thought, oh, geez, Dad's like, go uh, go apply to B and L contracting. You need a job. I'm like, yeah, I've been applying, Dad. But yeah, if you say so. So, applied, and I think Dad may have made a call. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, you must be Glenn's son. <laughs> okay, yes. And I left. I got the call later in the day, and they told to come in. I thought I'd be installing pools or working built paving roads or whatnot. But they told me to wear a golf shirt and a nice pair of shorts. So I uh, I became a pool salesman. Mm-hmm. I, uh, and I had to pretend that I had a pool. Oh, so uh, here's how to backwash. Here's how to do this. And they said, so, so do you have a pool? Yes, it's a 24-foot. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we have a... Yeah, it's a great He's pool. Just, just one dimension. Yeah. <laughs> 
one lane. <laughs> it's, it's just twenty. It's, it's twenty four feet. Whatever, however you want to imagine those twenty four yeah. feet. That's how my school is. But there's twenty four of them. It's vertical, and they are feet. I have to. We, we brought the vertical model. Uh, we're getting the insider scoop on the pool racket right now. So I primarily over the next five summers, I, I stayed in the shop, which was great. It was a family business. They treated me like family. It was. In my opinion, the best summer job right you could have had. There was one day though, like so. So we were we would go. We'd have service calls, and it was always, "Can you get to my house?" So I got, I got cloudy water, and then we'd send our crew out. There was one Friday, and it was probably late July, and super nice out. Um, and we get this call, and the, and, he's, and I remember the guy. He's he's a young, he was a young like executive at Alliant. And uh, we would do weekly service on his pool. And he called, and it was right before a long weekend. And he's saying, um, okay, are you guys coming to my house today? Because my, my water's cloudy. It's not looking good. It's, it's a long weekend. I want to be in the pool. And I remember I'm over there like, kind of cleaning a hot tub or sweeping the floor, and nobody's in the shop. And I see them scrambling around. like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? We're, we're all the way installing this pool down here. We don't have anybody to go. So I uh, kind of like... Hey guys, if uh, if you want me to take the truck that's out there, I can I can make a ride. I can make a run over and, and help you out. Oh yeah, actually that that'd be good. I had never actually worked on a swimming pool before. <laughs> this never... is when you became. This is your origin story of this pool is, boy, <laughs> this right? Is, this, is how, this is how Tyler became pool boy. So I uh, I get directions to the house. I get the truck, and I'm pumped. I get to get out of the shop. I'm like, I'm free. The chains are breaking loose. I feel like Forrest Gump chasing, running away from the guys throwing rocks. Um, so I cross the bridge. I got Q and a four blasting. I'm in this old, like picture a 1998 Chev Silverado two-door. And I got all my pool, like all the equipment sticking out of the back of the truck. And I'm like feeling badass in my golf shirt and shorts. <laughs> I get to Halifax and it's like, it overlooks the, the Northwest Arm. So it's like kind of a fancy fancier part of town and I was directed to go park and, and go through the fence on the side of the house make my way around I get my buckets and my my chemicals and, and I get around back and I'm thinking okay it's like three in the afternoon I'm probably going to be the only one there because people usually work or whatnot. and it's a beautiful home picture like this giant one story home and I get around the corner and it's an in ground pool like it's a beautiful backyard and I was not alone, unfortunately. Um, this young executive had a young um, wife who was suntanning with two of her friends in the back. So literally, picture young, wealthy, bikini women smoking cigars. Mm -hmm. This is a 1998 like uh, after-school special. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or Bleu Nuit, but, but, but the Bleu Nuit part didn't actually happen. Um, I'm, I don't have any glory stories coming out of this. But, um, so, hopefully people understand what uh, was. We get it. <laughs> Keep going. So, uh, so I get there, and uh, so I'm like, oh, jeez. And they're like, oh, hello, pool boy. I'm like, hey, how you doing? And uh, so I'm like, it's just like, jeepers. Get me, like, okay. So I'm like, Put the chemicals down. I'm like, all right. So the first thing I'm gonna do here, I need to probably vacuum the pool here. Looking around, can't find the materials. I don't even know how to shut the pump off. And so I'm like, 
after three or four times of pacing the pool back and forth, and it's a 20 by 40 pool, so 40 feet this way, 40 feet that way. Two dimensions. Yeah, yeah. crazy. Well, they had the good one. <laughs> Yours is crap. So they're over on their loungers, and they're like, <clears throat> and they're probably looking at me, snickering under their breath. And they say, uh, the pool, the pump house is down there. So I, I make my way to, I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course, of course it is, yes. So I make my way to the pump house, which is like a little shed. Get inside, close the door, get on the cell phone, which is a flip phone back in there. Yeah. Now you can imagine. I'm like, Lisa, how do I work an in-ground pool? <laughs> she had to walk me through fixing the pool. Uh, and then I, then I awkwardly had to muscle my way through, like, show, vacuuming the pool, shocking the pool. And they're like, yeah, then, with, the, with these awkward cat calls from... Uh, pulled it off? Yeah, it worked out well. That's good. Yeah, and I got out of there with my dignity and... Uh, and for then, from then Stayed on, for some I was, drinks. I was, there was a, I didn't get to have a cigar with the girls, unfortunately. <laughs> and I apologize to any any listeners who who really hope for a more exciting, ju- juicy, juicy ending. Juicy, but yeah. but it was the most for for a for a twenty one year old guy. You were like, happy to just pull uh, up. Yeah. No, no, the majority of my summers were spent working out at the mink farm or a mink farm. Mm-hmm. But we uh, it was always you know it was a good buddy of mine whose father was one of the owners. And then my brother had a good buddy who's his father was one of the owners. Like, there's three family members who run this farm. Yeah. So there's always a good crew of young guys that worked out there, right? There's seven or eight of us or more. And, you know, we're in junior high and high school, and it always turned into, like, lunchtime would always turn into just full-on wrestling <laughs> matches, right? You're young, a bunch of dudes working at the farm. Like, that's what you do. Until there was one day a bunch of us were wrestling, and uh, one of the guys fell awkwardly, right, in the, in the, in the road between a couple of the buildings, and then we could hear the boss's truck coming because he had a big diesel truck. And we're like, get off the ground. Like, what are you doing? He's coming. Because he had said, you know, like, I can't have you guys getting hurt out here wrestling. Uh-huh. And we're like, get up, get up, get up. And we're like throwing rocks at him. He's like, no. He's like, I can't move my leg. He's like, and we're like, we thought he was like joking because uh-huh. he wasn't crying and there was nothing happening. And then sure enough, truck comes around. He can't get up. The boss gets very angry and is like, get up, like get back to work. Like you guys are done wrestling. He's like, no, I, I, I could not get up. Anyway, it turns out he had broken his leg, uh, like snapped his leg in a couple spots, just like you know wrestling at the. Anyway, the boss did not approve of wrestling. After it's exactly that. why he told you not to. Wrestle. <laughs> it's exactly why this is the moment right there. But it was it was it was a good like we for a summer job when you're 15, 14 years old. I think I started when I was thirteen actually out there. We work in seven to, seven to five yeah. Monday to Friday plus. He'd always Saturdays were half days, but you wouldn't get home till like three o'clock. Like yeah. that wasn't much of a half day, but yeah, it was. I mean, it kept you out of trouble. Yeah, Simo, you went to SMU. Yes, me too. So me too. Uh, when I when I was in university, I remember you were you were in the city, and you got into doing. You were you were playing music, but you were playing music alone. You were a band alone. Yeah, yeah. The, Tell us how that became. Well, and, and all right, there's. There's a guy, Eric Soretz, from, from around here. He used to play the bass with his feet. And I'd seen him play before. It was uh, a homemade machine of some sort, but it was electronic. And he would touch pedals with his feet in and, and the same way you touch a key on a keyboard. And he would play the bass. So I made one, or I made the prototype for one that was mechanical. So I had a keyboard in my room in college on a stand maybe a couple three feet off the ground and I I had headphones and the headphones were plugged into the back of the keyboard so I tied a 
the, the cord to the headphone around my big toe and pass it over a key on the keyboard so every time I tap my toe, it would pull on the key. Then I went and got my hole puncher and duct taped the hole puncher to the floor, tied, tied a string to it, and then duct taped the other end of the string to a key on the keyboard. So when you hit the hole puncher, it hinges and it, it comes down, pulls on the key, and comes back up because of the string. So then I went, I got a stapler and like all my roommates hole punchers and staplers and that's so I had like a stapler or hole puncher for seven or eight different notes and I could play notes on the keyboard and any keyboard you can make any sound you want so there's a whole section for bass guitar sounds on a keyboard and that's how I started playing bass at my feet. My, my friend's dad helped me make this whole pedal pedal board with like 21 different notes and uh, it was complicated but it every time you hit a pedal it would pull on a string and the strings were fastened to the keyboard somehow and I bought a drum machine and played guitar and that's how I started playing music <laughs> that's awesome yeah. were you doing this in Halifax as well? yeah yeah I, that's where I started um, I lived on residence my first year and then in an apartment the next three years. Where was the apartment? Uh, Vic- Victoria Road. Okay. I feel like everybody down here, most, many talks about Quinfield Towers. But, but there was, Victoria Road was the other parabola. Yeah, we, yeah, we had an awesome Where place. was Victoria? I'm trying to think. Well, there's I lived Peter's on. Pizzeria and, and Peter's is on a weird corner with, with Victoria Road in Inglis. Okay. And we lived on Victoria Road, but it's still right across Peters and that gas station on Inglis. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Ultramar. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I was in my room in the, the apartment when I first made it. And then I remember that's probably that summer. I we had the apartment for the full year, so in the summertime, I would go there from like Sunday to Wednesday and busk on the waterfront with this one-man band thing that people seem to enjoy. I don't do it anymore. I don't know why. I learned a lot about music and realized that no one even understands what this is, so it's not... <laughs> so not, they weren't impressed by like, what you were doing? No. I mean, it is impressive when you like, really yeah, sit and look at it. Yeah, they just don't. They don't get it, so uh, it was a lot of work to carry around and set it up, so I just don't do it anymore. And I totally could. That's really cool. I, yeah. Yeah, I remember you playing at... Manisa's mother's. 50. Oh, you're right. Uh, yeah. yeah, maybe her dad's, or 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 Is their anniversary. Yeah, that yeah. wasn't yesterday. That was a while ago. <laughs> what about? Uh, so maybe maybe it was Manisa's mother's fortieth. Who knows? Oh, but uh, yeah. I remember. So my, my uncle, my uncle Paul and Sharon were down. They st- we yeah. talked about them earlier. They still talk about that. Like, yeah, that was good. Actually, that reminds me. It was her fortieth because. Um, Someone said to her, happy birthday, at the, the night of the party. And she said, actually, my birthday is only in a few months. That's why they made the party tonight, to make sure I was really surprised. And oh, he, said, right. he said, what does it matter? Everyone thinks you're 40 anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, <laughs> even you know you think you're 39. You're at, if everyone thinks you're 40, then <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> if you're 39. There's a... There's a lot of wisdom that comes yeah. out of George's mouth. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. You could write a book with the stuff he says sitting yeah. at him. How about Easy to Tame by Kim Mitchell? 
Give you the kisses. What about, yeah. Uh, let me. What did I do to make? Oh, yeah. I was really hoping to smack that. I didn't know what that song was until he started playing. Yeah, you said it, I'm like, I like that song. I like that song a lot. Yeah. So uh, I think the new protocol from when we have guests on the show, we just run a little long. I think it's uh, sure. I think I'm I got time. Yeah, I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time. Okay. Yeah. Um, so up next, we're going to do the weigh-in, brought to you by Yarmouth Scales. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like a dum dum, like a, almost like a Law and Order dum dum. Yeah, like dum dum. Yeah. Um, but you point at me, it gives me a little, makes me a little bit anxious. I'm not yeah. normally an anxious guy, but I'm like, make something. As soon as someone <laughs> points at you, things change. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in general. Agree. Yep. Yeah. You there? I'm like me? <laughs> so my question for you, Simon. So you fish lobster? Yeah, part of yeah, yeah. This is part of your at least your family. Yeah, and like in your in your life. Yeah. My question for you: How important is getting your catch, uh, the weight of your catch, <laughs> correct? Like the precision of the weight of your catch. You were really weighing it up. Well, no, no, no. Okay. Like, but like, when if you have your catch, you bring it in. How important is it? That is precise. Uh, not that much. Because <laughs> it gets weight. It's, oh no! You're talking about you're talking about how much you get paid for your what your weight. Yeah, you 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 bring in your thing and then they weigh the lobster and you get paid for that. Right. So isn't that important? Well, yeah, but it depends what you mean. Like, okay, he, mean, he means there's if, so if many ways you could go with that question. Okay, yeah, I I think I understand. If if you're on the back, say. Uh, Say Lucien brings his lobster in, and I'm on the back of the truck, and we hoist up, and we're, we're, we're weighing out. Okay, how many crates do you get? Mm. Okay, so because you, you end up weighing them down to 100 pound crates. Mm. So if if that scale is weighing them to <laughs> yeah. 108, oh yeah, you, know be, you, be you, don't, you don't want to be throwing money away because the scales are off. Right. No, uh, I I don't know much about scales. I would like to think they wouldn't be eight pounds off on hundred pounds. <laughs> you would like to think, but there's so many answers. Like, uh, okay, some guys fish flounder, and when you're fishing flounder, it's if something you fish really close to shore. You need to once you're done fishing, you need to call uh, before you get to the wharf and tell them how much flounder you're coming in with. And you have like a, a spring scale that you can you can sort of use as a guideline to how much you think you have. You if they're in hundred pound boxes, you you actually pick it up with this spring scale, and it lets you know how much it weighs. But if the boat is moving at yeah, all, it's, it's not accurate. So the the needle is going a little back and forth. But for the most part, you can judge ballpark how much you have in each box add it up and then let the government official know how much you're coming with so what I'm saying is Yarma Scales produces industrial scales uh, 
Okay. Right. And, they, and they supply a lot of, uh, of fishing groups. I guess. With, yeah. With, with measurement technology. Sure. Sure. Uh, I didn't know where you were going with this. Uh, Neither did I. He really <laughs> derailed me there for a second. Uh, this is the longest segue. <laughs> but you, you set him up for nothing. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's like I, how you, but no I hoop. immediately re- regret well, that tangent. I, I, if I would have known this, I would have just shut him up. I, uh... I also don't know the industry very well. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, um, but, but, you're, so, but you're learning. So your whole point is scales are good. Well, yeah. So yeah. Karma scales. The importance uh, of a good scale. <laughs> well, if if your whole livelihood is based on the weight of your catch, yeah, then you need a good scale. Yeah, and that is where you get Karma scales. I get it. Uh, I totally get it. <laughs> and you agree? <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Like, you okay with that? <laughs> this scale has doubled my weight by accident. We need a new one. I yeah, agree. Exactly. <laughs> and the best quality of industrial scales is from Yarmouth yeah, yeah, scales. scales. Or whatever you did. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> so, stay tuned for next week for our next sound effect for Yarmouth scales. And. Uh, Yarmouth scales will do better. <laughs> so we got on the topic, uh, and, and, and Simo only added to this as he came into our discussion earlier this evening about uh, we talked about a little bit nature versus nurture. Now Simo is a uh, like a music teacher; he trains students, young people to to play music. So I'm thinking you would have seen people, and, and I've as a as a skating coach there's some some who struggle and some who really catch it and uh, with track and field everything earlier this week like my goodness that uh, that guy has two left legs mm-hmm. not just two left feet yeah but uh, nature versus nurture as far as music goes what do you I'm a huge believer that you're born with it you're born with talent a certain level of talent and by practicing, you can get better, but for the most part, you have like you're born with limits as well, and you, you can. I I hear people say often, well, he's a great guitar player, but he practices all the time, and I don't like that. I think that's a chicken and the egg thing. Well, I think that he practices all the time because he's a great guitar player. Someone that can't play and you see every day that this is going nowhere, why would you keep practicing? You give up after a while. Versus the guy that sees, oh, this is easy and this is fun and I can play anything, then I want to learn more stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not by accident. So a lot of people think that practice has, um, has more to do with it than natural talent, which I don't think anyone would say that you only need one and not both. If you have both, then that's better. But I think it starts with talent and then everything after that, you can practice. What do you think? Well, I think you narrowed the debate a little bit. I thought we were just doing a general nature. No, and I, and I was, but I, I wanted to get I wanted to get music perspective. Aspect. Music, yeah, yeah, yeah because that, that was an interesting take on it. But nature versus nurture in, in general, where do you stand? So, well, my thing is, and uh, well, I teach sociology. <laughs> You're crazy. And uh, and uh, and reading and I and I do agree with the statements that like nature provides you the dough, right? Your genetics give you the material, and then your nurture is the oven. Is is how that material is is treated. Because um, like I, I think about myself, like I, I was putting music at uh, at five, music for young children, and then I and then. I, 
In grade four, I played clarinet. Grade six, I started saxophone. Uh-huh. And like, I played a lot of music. Um, I have known people who are. I, I've known them to not be able to even clap on bass and, and, and to create good music eventually yeah. through a lot of hard work. And that yeah. was it was and that wasn't one of those moments of like, well, I'm good at this, it's fun. And they're like, no, I'm gonna friggin' do this, right? right. Now, will I say that they'll never they probably won't ever be the best. Yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. It's not but, that having fun. But um but uh I find that yes. Nature does a lot, but I believe that nurture has the biggest, just in general, and 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 music might be a little different um, effect on us because I think about like myself. Um, I did I did pretty well in school and all these things, but I also had probably the most supportive family you could have. Like I've had the best parental support. Like I went to university, my brothers did the same, and came home and was like, uh, "Mom and Dad, we don't have." baggage thank you like I didn't I didn't even understand that was a thing until I went away you know what I mean because then you you see like no people got some heavy shit oh yeah you know what I mean yeah. and 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 uh and I was just like and I, I didn't even know to be thankful for that till I I, I went saw further. that other people didn't have it yeah. yeah and uh and I can't help but think that the support I got has a lot to do with the successes I've had um because I, I think, I mean, you, you talk about, okay, well, you're born in the slums of India, you know, like, and you can barely fight. You talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like, if, if you're fighting to eat, yeah. like, if that's the run you're at in the, in the hierarchy, it's yeah. just survival, then you can't reach your self-actualization. Yeah. You can't actually perform to the best of your abilities. Um, yeah. So I, I, I believe, I, I would say, I would lean heavily on nurture side. Uh, over nature. Hmm. I don't know. I think of it from a sports perspective. Okay, good one. Right? Because uh, I think some people are just generally good for sure. at sports. For sure. Like, for for me, for example, I played sports my whole life. Whether it was hockey, soccer, golf, track. You know, played most of them. But, like, for me... So, golf for me is a good example. Because I've been golfing for a long time. But I also... Like I can take years off from playing golf and still go back and play better than a lot of people that I know that right. have been golfing all this time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, for sure. Like uh, my younger brother, even for example, he's been golfing a lot less than I have, or for a lot shorter amount. He's been golfing probably for four or five years, but I've been playing since I can remember really, mm-hmm. and I've barely played in these last four or five years, mm-hmm. and I can still go out and beat him. Yeah. Right, it frustrates the living hell out of him because yeah. he plays all the time. And he is good. Yeah, and he practices all the time. But I think like there's just certain things that you're like totally. you said you're born, you know, you know, and you don't always know what you're good at. No. Just like, you have to be exposed to these things. Yeah, but like generally, I was pretty good at sports growing up. Yeah, it's hard to believe looking at me now, yeah. but like I was pretty good at sports. Like I could make do in almost any sports that I played. Yeah, and same here. Right, and my older brother wasn't the same. Like, he played hockey and golf, and that was it. Right. Right? Like, it was just... I don't know. Yeah. And my younger brother just played hockey. Like, it was one of those weird things, yeah. right? Like, So would you say that your nature is better than your brother's when you all share the same yeah. genetics? But, like... I mean, when I was like, nature, I, I, it's, I, I, it's I, genetic. No, I know that, so but, you like... So like, you got the right breakdown of the genes. Right. Like, I, I, got, I got mom and dad's athletic... The best parts. And then and then Corbin, he was the youngest, so... He got the worst. And he was bottle-fed, so... <laughs> <laughs> I just, well, because I don't... And I don't think my brothers would disagree. 
that growing up I was definitely the better athlete of the three of us. And you, yeah, and I knew that you were. Right? Well, yeah. We but but do you like share that. that to purely nature or like maybe like just the way you, you were raised, maybe you took more of a liking to like the work ethic of it. No, that wasn't it. So <laughs> it's like, no, like, so <laughs> your basic, like you were born basically better than your brothers. At sports. But then yeah. my older brother who, and he'll probably agree, barely studied a day in his life and was supposed to be valedictorian of his grad class in high school, but he got in some trouble, so he wasn't allowed to be, you know, but went through university on the dean's list, never really yeah. trying, never really, yeah. and for me, that's not the same. Like, right. I can't, I can, I did as little as work as he did, but my marks were way lower. Yeah. Right? Like, and I'm guessing that you would say you weren't, the reason you were good at sports wasn't because you practiced more than they did. No. No. Not generally. No. I'm thinking, when, when I think of sports, I'm thinking how many, like how often are you seeing, especially now, um, professional athletes, I see it a lot in hockey, okay, this is so-and-so's dad, or like this is so-and-so's son, I apologize. Oh, how many professional hockey players now are starting to see their son, like Tyler Bertuzzi is now playing in the NHL. Uh-huh. Um, Max Domi. Max Domi's playing in the NHL. Um, uh, Kachuk. Yeah. Yeah. Brady Kachuk. Kachuk. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> even Evander, yeah. Evander Kane, his dad was a good hockey player. He used to, mm-hmm. he's from Nova Scotia. So, there, there's talent that comes out of talent. Let's take Sidney Crosby, for example. His dad his, played in that his, No, his dad, was, his dad was drafted by Montreal. But he didn't play? No, okay. nothing, nothing serious. But Sidney would be successful in any facet of life. Whatever, if he was not a hockey player, his focus at whatever he does is second to none. So if he wasn't a hockey player, he, if he was a professor, if he was a, a, a financial planner, he would be elite. Because mm. whatever he does, he does it to the top level. I feel like he had a... Maybe, but he had a much so, better chance at hockey than he would at... <laughs> yes, so his, 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 his talents, <laughs> his talents are, are definitely tailored to hockey. But he didn't... He didn't... He wasn't brought up to... He wasn't pushed... pushed well, he, he, he was given a lot of opportunities... But, but he definitely ran with that. So, so are we saying that came out of his environment? That, okay. Now, when you listen to Andy O'Brien, who's his trainer, who started working with him at 13, 14 years old, mm-hmm. like uh, Sydney on his, I don't know, on his 19th birthday. So he took all the boys out. Um, they went down to Halifax. It's first time going out. Awesome. And the boys, my buddies who were there, are telling stories of him walking back to the hotel at like two or three in the morning, calling Andy O'Brien. And saying, hey, man, I'm in this hotel room. Um, come get me at 8 a.m. And they went out and they did a plyo workout on the Citadel Hill. Now, is that nature or nurture? So, uh, well, I'd say at a certain point, like, you just make these decisions on your own. Do you know what I mean? Like, you grow up. But, like, I don't know. Anyway, I, okay. You had a point. Let, let's, let's go back to when I'm 11 years old. I'm 11 years old. And there, there was a summer pickup hockey that I used to go to. And I'm sitting, I remember, I remember being there. I'm the oldest kid. And I'm like... Maybe I, I don't know. Shouldn't have been there, but, but my Sean Nogler sitting Sam next to me. Him. Yeah, yeah. She's just like, like I can't do good with the, my age, kid. Um, I have no idea why I was there, but either way, Sean Nogler. I remember Sean Nogler. Look, check out that guy. And he, mind you, Sean was older than me, so he's like, "That's Sidney Crosby. He's going to the NHL for sure." He wasn't even like he was like ten bits. He was novice. Yeah. I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people say that shit. Um, my question, <laughs> no, totally. Well, my question. But he is, did. Is is is. We, you mentioned at 13 his trainer, right? His, his 
is access to a trainer is part of his nurture. It's part True. of it like so and my quite and that's the tricky thing is when does nature and nurture cross over? Because he even if his dad wasn't like you wake up at four, you skate on that rink every day, you you know like you eat all these things and get your proper nutrients, you do this. Um, the fact that he had access to a trainer at thirteen is something that a lot of people don't. And that is a socioeconomic uh, a privilege, advantage. right? And so that is a nurture advantage, right? So it's... And you can make the same argument, like I said, about those professional athletes with their kids. Well, and the other thing... They've got their kids on the ice well, after practice. Well, that's the thing. I think of my buddy Pat Del Palme. Like, uh, I went to university with him. And he's like, yeah, I put my kids on skates at three. And, like, I wouldn't even have thought to think of that because he played hockey, right? And that's, that's something important to him. And, like, I'm sure that his kid is going to be good at hockey because he's been on the skate since three. Like, I think a lot of, of how you're affected as a young person, and especially in those first years, like three to five to six, like, like that, that has a huge impact on the rest of your life, right? I think you can, I don't know, take a take hundred kids and put them on the ice when they're three and... A lot of them are not going to be good hockey players. I'll, I'll tell a story about that. We had our... We coached Timbits all year long. So we have... At the end of the year, we have a jamboree. So the jamboree is when all the Timbits from all the different associations come together. <laughs> and uh, we had all our kids out there. And like I'm, we're coaching four-year-olds, five-year-olds, and six-year-old group. And all three groups got absolutely spanked by the kids out of Barrington. Yeah. Now, the kids out of Barrington are on the ice... They have some, there's people up there who are awesome. They're benevolent. They 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 get ice. That okay, come on over family night, and maybe not maybe it's not everybody, but there's certainly kids who are getting a lot more practice, a lot more time on the ice. Right now, they are at an advantage, and I'm sure they're going to be strong moving forward. But I have reservations about evaluating who's going to be what down the road when they're only four, five, and six years old. Mm. I say okay, don't don't talk to me like you said. Like I said, Sean Nogger says, oh, Sydney's going to the NHL. And you said, yeah, everybody says that. And, and you're totally right. Because this is an example of that. Look at the Oscar. They're rocking it. Yeah. Talk to me when they're in peewee. Talk to me when they're in their, their formative years. Are they, when everybody's kind of on a level playing field. Because when I have kids, like Emmett and Reed, okay, you, you become part of a community of other parents who have kids. They all learn to walk at a different age. Yeah. And there's, and there, there's anxiety of like, Oh my goodness, Emmett's not talking yet. Or, oh, yeah. Emmett's talking way before the others. Yeah. Or, oh, Reed, look at Reed, he's yeah. running around. That doesn't mean they're not going to get there. So <laughs> let's figure it out. In who the can... end, everyone can walk and talk yeah. when they're 20. Yeah, Hussein Bolt wasn't necessarily the first one to walk in his yeah. community. I, I, just one last. Like one of the first ones. Yeah. But there, like, <laughs> so I, I think of uh, uh, the Greek freak of the NBA, Giannis, and it to Kimbo. Like, he didn't start playing basketball until his late teens. Yeah. And now he's. And like he grew up, like his, his sound, I think he sold sneakers on the street with his brother. They just had to share the same pair of sneakers yeah. and stuff. And like he didn't play basketball until his late teens, and now he's MVP right. of the NBA. I he's think Patrick will. Oh, yeah. No, but I, I mean, they're I mean, all that tall. Is nature. Yeah. So, point to you for that. I will <laughs> say though, um, uh, I think nature, nurture wins overall on on how well you do based on the supports you get. Like you can be, I mean, you can be great at uh, you could you could. I believe that you have a natural inclination thing. I believe 
both are very important. I don't think one can do without the other. But I do believe that you can shut down the nature of somebody with improper nurture. Like if you're not, if you if if you've got some innate musical ability, and then like something in your life has shut that down for you all every step of the way, you're obviously not going to be a musician. No. Yeah. And that's why I believe nurture in the end has a very powerful effect on it. For sure. Like if you if you're a natural athlete, but you're never allowed to ex- like yeah. even express right, that. Yeah. Like how good's your nature now? You know what I mean? Because your nurture killed it. But. Um, I, I don't think you can have one without the other. Right? That, uh, that's where I'm at. Yeah. What was the movie with Tony Danza? Disney movie where he's a garbage man kicking uh, water jugs? I think you're thinking Happy Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> or Dennis Quaid. Oh, yeah. All right. That so speaking of nature and nurture and physical ability, Bicycle by Queen. I, is that I want to yeah. ride my bicycle? Want to ride my bike? I put it on. Put it on. Okay, okay. So it's a put on. First, first. I'm slapping the shit out of this. <laughs> no. You can just you can just put the guitar away. We can just slap the belly. <laughs> yeah, you could just say I can't to. do it. You don't have to. <laughs> no, I want to do it. I've I've heard the words before, but I don't. I'm trying to picture. The, like I have a couple Queen vinyls, and I'm trying to think of the music. Myself. Oh, okay. Bicycle. Bicycle. Oh yeah, yeah. Bicycle. I want to ride my Oh, Ooh, yeah. Some key change. All right, I'll give you 20 seconds. I can't believe you chose this song. But then it really picks up. Oh, yeah. oh, All right, play this part. Before we go, like I had one. Do you know any Marshall Tucker band? Um. Whoa, whoa. Right, yes. Around here, uh, we, we don't say KC okay. by Marshall Tucker Band. Around here, we say KC by Marshall Tucker Band. That's no, what I wanted to play. we say Can't You See by Roy Batherson, also known as Matt Minglewood. Okay, that was, I was going to guess Matt Anderson. I get the two mixed up. So, is that the. the... So, I, I said Marshall Tucker Band. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> gonna take a freight train. Yeah, so, gonna take a So you don't like oh, Can't you see? <laughs> it's like the, I said this back as in Nova Scotia. That's true. I thought you were gonna say. Uh, I was gonna say some CCR. Oh, that's. But it's too easy. Do you yeah. know? Do you know Wagon Wheel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know uh, Wonderwall? By, uh, why is that? Do you know uh, Hurt and Love Song by Marshall Tucker Band? Hurt and Love Song. There was another. I can't think of it. On that note, we're gonna wrap things yeah. up. <laughs> Before <laughs> we get into a sing song, we're gonna get go all day. Huge through. thanks to Simon for coming up tonight. Thanks this was awesome. Thank you. It was a blast. Yeah. I'll tell back. you, Tusk Island tours. If you haven't done it, it even if you've lived here for fifty years, 
Um, until you see those islands, until you hear those stories, and eat that chowder. Yeah. Good oh, Lord. Yeah. And even if it's the chowder, yeah. like it is, it is worth a trip. And if you want to, if you want to hear the authentic version of the Outer Bald Island story. Which was shared on an earlier episode. Oh, really? Tyler ripped um, it off. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> totally. It's, well, it's my favorite part of the trip. Yeah. Like, can you tell the story again? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So get on the boat. Listen to the story. Enjoy it. And if not, wait till we go and then listen to our next episode. We are. So on that, gonna I, I'm going to announce it. We're going to just figure it out as we go. <laughs> this summer, we're going to do the Barncast Boat Blast. Uh, and, and we're going to have tickets to a live Barncast show. On the boat. It won't even be recorded. We're just going to present a show on the boat. <laughs> it's going to be dope as hell. We can record it. Yeah. We'll figure it out. And we might even record it. We'll see. We'll figure yes. that part out after. I'd love to but record it. we will present it, whether or not it's recorded. We'll do a and, segment on the island. And we're going to have free tickets uh, <laughs> to a couple people when that competition arises closer this summer. So that is coming soon. And... Don't and forget to like and subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, and don't forget to get out and vote for Steve Barry. Steve Barry for president. Hello to our <laughs> folks in California. Yeah. Uh, would you play us out, Simon? Uh, sure. That was just a fine